Welcome to Engineering Fields of Dreams podcast. We're here to share stories and professional experiences of engineers across disciplines and let you explore the amazing world of engineering. Each episode, you'll hear inspiring stories and advice from engineers, allowing you to learn from their successes and experiences. Whether you're an engineering student, a veteran engineer, or just curious about engineering, we invite you to join us and explore the amazing and ever-changing world of engineering. Welcome to this episode, Discovering Hydrology and Purpose, with our guest, Michaela. Thank you for being here today. Would you please introduce yourself? Hi, I'm Michaela Long. I'm a drainage engineer at WSP. I'm originally from the Four Corners area, and I moved to Tucson in middle school and have been here ever since. So why did you choose this career? So for as long as I can remember, I have been good at math and I've liked math. And in middle school and high school, I took a lot of math and science courses. When I went to college, I knew I would be studying in a STEM field. And so I started out as a biochem major, thinking that I was going to be a doctor. And i discovered that I did not really want to be a doctor. So I switched my major to math. And my advisor at the time recommended a summer internship for me at St. Anthony Falls Laboratory at the University of Minnesota. And it would be a applied mathematics internship. And it was there that I did research on fluvial geomorphology. And that is where I discovered water and hydraulics at that internship. And the mentor at the time, she was a civil engineer. And so I knew that, okay, this is exactly what I want to be doing. I want to integrate my love of math and working in water and the civil engineering study was the answer to that. It kind of integrated all of those together. And so I took some time off after that because I couldn't afford to go back to school. But then when I did go back, that was when I enrolled in the civil engineering program. And I knew from the get-go that I wanted to study water resources or have that focus on water resources. During this time, I started to realize and understand the issue that underrepresented communities, underdeveloped communities, such as my own with the Navajo Nation, I started to realize that there was an inequity in the infrastructure. So like growing up back home, the roads are terrible, the structures aren't that great, and there's issues with water as well of like not having enough water with the drought and also having too much water with flooding. So I started to realize that this field that I have found myself in civil engineering has a greater purpose. And there's a lot of problems that I could address just with my background. So I had that skill set in being good at math. 
and I had that desire where I fell in love with water. And then I started to have that purpose of helping these underdeveloped communities. So that's where I am today is practicing civil engineer, getting as much experience as I can, developing in my field so that eventually I can go back home to my community and help with these issues. Well, that, that's just a wonderful story to hear. And thank you for sharing it. One of the goals of the podcast is also to have voices for underrepresented groups in engineering. So that kind of also leads to my next question is, what is one thing that you know now that you wish you knew before graduation? What would you tell an underrepresented STEM student looking towards this field? I think that when I was in college, I went through the motions of taking my courses, passing my classes, and I believe that there were a lot of resources there that I could have taken advantage of. For instance, right now in my fields, I quickly discovered like right after graduation that I was not a good writer. I um, didn't realize that writing reports would be a huge part of the job of being an engineer. Like, so I thought that, okay, I'm good at math. I have the technical background, but I was missing that other piece of um, writing skills sentence structure, avoiding redundant in my writing, just being able to communicate clearly and concisely. And so looking back, I think that I would have taken advantage of, okay, the writing center at the U of A, for example, maybe having my reports critiqued just a little bit asking if they could be critiqued like a little bit more closely, putting more effort into writing reports, just like taking advantage of everything else that's outside of just technical crunching numbers. I agree. And that's one of the goals of the engineering communication courses to try to help the students make that connection of the importance of both oral and written communication. So I think that's a really great message for them to hear. Yeah, and even the practicing presentations in front of a crowd, that was a huge thing for me to go through that process in the communications class and then having to give presentations in my professional career and thinking back on, okay, what is working for me and what is not working for me and how I'm communicating orally as well. Well, and I think you highlighted right there, too, the importance of the self-reflection. That is just not a one-time performance, but it's important to, whether it's a written composition or an oral composition, to reflect on what you could have done better and what worked and what didn't. So that's a really key to becoming a better communicator is that process of self-reflection. Yeah. So going to the next question... Can you recall a challenging situation in your career and what have you learned from it? Yeah, so in the past year, there was a learning moment for myself that 
just sticks out above all the other ones. And my supervisor always says that the greatest teacher is your mistakes. And so this learning moment was a mistake that I had personally made. And so being an engineer in a project, often there will be multiple stakeholders. There will be lots of moving targets, lots of variables, and it can get easy to kind of go through the motions and not make these like checks in your work. And so I was in a situation where I had not checked that I was using the latest information and I had performed a design working on old data and I had taken it all the way through calculations, plan production, and it was in the quality control um, and quality assurance time in the design that the reviewer said, okay, is this the latest information or is this the latest data? At the time I was thinking like, okay, I thought it was, I really didn't even question if it was or wasn't. I kind of thought it was the final design. And, but just them asking that, I thought to myself, oh, wow, you know, I didn't even check that. I kind of assumed that it was good. And turns out I was working with old data. I went and loaded the new data and come to find out that my design just didn't even work at all. And so we had to do a redesign. And yeah, so that was an eye-opening moment for me. And I came from that experience thinking, okay, there's a lot of different teams and disciplines working together, and we have to be responsible for doing our own checks. We can't really just rely on another person to give us this update. If something was changed or if we have new data or whatnot, we have to be able to implement our own design. And so I came from that experience knowing, okay, I really have to check my own work. And on top of that, I have to be able to own up to my mistake too. Thinking about it, I could easily make excuses for the situation saying, okay, this person didn't inform me of this, but really at the end of the day, I didn't do my own due diligence. So now I learned from that mistake and I check everything. And it was a tough situation to be in, but I did come out of it learning that skill that I need to have those checks. I think those types of experiences also stay with you. And so while it was maybe not the most pleasant experience at the time, the learning from it can really change into a lifelong habit from learning that lesson. Yeah. So speaking of lessons, what advice would you impart to someone starting their career? I've been in industry for five years. I graduated in 2018. And when I started out working after graduation, I kind of was in this situation of, okay, I'm working on these projects. I'm doing my work, my tasks, my nine to five, meeting our submittal deadlines. 
And then fast forward a couple years, I realized that I did not really establish a plan. I think that it was really easy to go through the motions of working, but then I never actually questioned, okay, outside of my nine to five, what kind of engineer do I want to be, say, one year from now, five years from now? I was a little late in making a plan for myself, but I wish I had made a plan earlier. What that entailed for me and looking back in hindsight was, okay, this is how this area of me, Michaela, as an engineer, I want this to develop. And that could be, okay, I want to communicate more. I want to talk to younger engineers or even like, okay, technically, I want to be better at sediment transport. I want to develop my calculations or whatnot. There were several things of um, the way that I viewed myself that I felt like, okay, I wish I had worked more on this. And so like kind of circling back, one of the things that I have targeted as a development step for me was talking more to people because I was very introverted growing up in college and even fresh out of my career. But I knew that working on a team that I needed to be able to be open to having discussions and talking to people and even the younger engineers or even the younger students being able to talk to them and reach out to them. And so that was one development step that I had established. So my recommendation would be having a plan, thinking, okay, in this amount of years, this is where I want to be technically. Maybe this is where I want to be project management wise. I want to be able to work more with other disciplines. Yeah, because I think it was really easy for me to fall into this trap of having tasks assigned to me and doing tasks and doing the work, but not really taking a step back and looking at myself as a whole engineer, as a whole person, and kind of pushing myself to to grow more. So I think that's a really wise plan and approach that you laid out there. And one of the things I do for myself and I've advocated for my students is to review those kind of personal professional development plans on an annual basis. And I like to tag it towards my birthday. It's just kind of like an annual reminder of looking where I want to be, as you said, in one, three, five years. And what goals do I have for this next year? So yeah. I think having a plan helps you execute on a plan. Well, I greatly appreciate your time today and thank you for being on the podcast. Thanks. Thanks for having me. We'd like to thank today's guests for sharing their professional experience and career advice. We appreciate their insight and taking the time to share them with our audience. To you, the listener, thank you for joining us on this journey and exploring the ever-evolving world of engineering. We hope we've inspired you to pursue your dreams and ambitions. Let us know if there are topics or fields you'd like to hear more about. Until next time, we wish you the best of luck on your engineering journey.